I have a question because of something that you all did last week. Last week, you all turned in these pieces of paper. Do you remember what was on these pieces of paper? People's names. I asked you who your one was going to be this week. Who was it that you were going to talk to about Christ? Who did God lay on your heart that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they need a relationship with Jesus Christ? You don't have to raise your hands, but I want to ask you now, how are you doing with your one? Have you shared with them yet? Have you taken the opportunity? And I, and I don't mean have you waited for the opportunity. Have you taken it? Have you made the opportunity to talk to them about Christ? See, we talked about that last week as we continue to, to go through the journey here. And we talked about last week the fact that, that we're going to encounter other people on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, people that need Jesus Christ, people that need the relationship that we say we have. So look for those opportunities. Make those opportunities. And tonight we're going to continue talking about the journey. But I have a question for you all. Has anybody here ever craved anything? Anything? Tell me something. Justin, I have to know. What have you craved? Like a shirt with sleeves? Lately. Lately. Just give me anything. You've, you've craved hunting. Not hunting, but hunting. Okay. What else? Rachel. Chocolate. I'm going to talk about that later. What's that? Chick-fil-A. So this is probably driving you nuts right now, isn't it? What's that? Only, okay. Lane's got a good point. She only craves Chick-fil-A on Sundays. It's the one day you can't get it. And she even works there. So that's, that's, that's pretty big to have a craving. Who else? Jacob. Lobsters. Wow. Okay. Anybody else? What else have you craved? Zaxby's French fries. Brandon, stop saying Jack. That's creepy. What's that? <laughs> what? Snowbird. Okay, okay. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. As we've seen, as we've seen from your examples, stop it. We all crave things. Every single one of us, at some point in time, we crave things. And see, the reason I ask you that question is, and we're talking about the journey, and we're talking about from Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, where, where Jesus talks about the fact that we're on a journey, and we're focusing specifically on that narrow path that he talks about, that path that is difficult. But even on that path, one of the things that we find in our life is that we crave things. As we're going along this journey, there's different things that come up, different things that, that we just decide we have to have. For instance, some of the things we might crave. I didn't hear this one mentioned. Money. Anybody here ever crave money? Think, of, think about all the things you could do with this. Think if this was like a $100 bill. I almost brought that in here, but I figured somebody would tackle me just to get it. $20 bill. I know, it's just to drive you nuts. Think about everything you can do with money. You can buy clothes, you can buy music, you can buy Chick-fil-A, you need to stop it with Jack. That's weird. What about this? What about this? Anybody here, anybody here ever crave a car? Yeah. You don't want this one because it doesn't run right, but I'm talking about cars in general. Okay. You crave a car. 
What about Chick-fil-A? How many of you have ever driven down the road and thought, I have got to have some Chick-fil-A? I'm, I'm telling you, we got a sweet tea here. Oh, oh, they're still warm. Oh, that's good. You know what's better than that, though? Is the chicken sandwich that comes with it. And that is to, no. Yeah, you put that knife away. You're not getting this. You know what? What this proves, what this proves to me, is that everybody craves something. Every single one of us, deep down inside, at some point, we crave something. And you see, what's interesting about that is the fact that there's, there's nothing that's out of the ordinary for that. Every one of us craves something. How about this? Did you know there's times when people crave relationships? It's true. You know people every day. You may be one of these people that you're not happy. You're not satisfied. You don't feel fulfilled unless you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or maybe you don't even take it that far. Maybe you just need to know that you can dress the right way to turn all the heads in the room when you walk in. I'm talking to girls and guys because I've seen some of you guys getting yourself right. Yeah, you turned all the heads with that hat there, Zach. Yeah, see, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. You see, we all crave things. But you see, the, the issue with that, the problem we run into is the fact, the way that we were made, God created us in his image. And if you look at God, and you look at God from the beginning of time, from the time creation, first account in Genesis, you see that God is not by himself. God is in relationship. So he created us in his image. That means one of the things that we crave is what I just talked about. It's relationship. And that relationship that drives us, that sometimes we don't even know that we're trying to fulfill, is the relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You see, he made us that way. Now, some of you, you have some, some weird cravings. I mean, let's think about it. The reality is, do we really need zebra-striped shoes Okay, really? Do we really? Okay. See, there's some things that we crave that doesn't make any sense, but this craving, this craving goes deeper than those superficial things. Because see, what we don't realize sometimes is in all of those little things that we're trying to, to fulfill ourselves with and those little cravings that we're trying to fulfill. Now understand, that doesn't mean those things are bad. You can do a lot of good things with money. The food, it fills you up. It takes care of you for a while. The car gets you where you need to go. That doesn't mean those are bad things. Those relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, those can be a good thing. But you see, every single one of those, we're never going to be satisfied fulfilling those cravings if we've never fulfilled the one craving that only God can fill in our life. You see, if he created us that way then he's the only one that can fill it. And the way that he does that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we know who Jesus Christ is? How do we have that relationship? How do we understand what he's done and who he is and what he can do in our life? How do we know? Not a rhetorical question. How do we know? What's that? Anybody? Our actions? No. 
How? How do you know who Jesus Christ is? Speak up. Read the Bible. Yes, we do pray. Yes, we do have actions. But the way you understand who Jesus Christ is, and the way you're going to understand who I am when I put this Bible upside your head in a minute, is this book. <laughs> this, this is how we know who Jesus Christ is. The Word. This is what God gave us to understand what Jesus Christ did, what Jesus Christ does, what Jesus Christ will do. And when we talk about craving, the only thing that's ever going to fulfill all those different cravings that we have, we will never find satisfaction in any of those things until we have satisfaction in Jesus Christ. That's just the reality of it. You see, because what we understand first through that word right there, that is how we know Jesus, because this word tells us that Jesus is the word. Jesus is scripture. It tells us that in John chapter, where is it? John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. It doesn't get much clearer than that, does it? Jesus Christ is the Word. When we talk about this Bible, when we talk about this book, everything in here points to who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done and what Jesus Christ will do. And as we think about that craving, that, that hunger that's inside of us that we're born with, you see, we don't realize that sometimes. We are born with a craving for that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But you see, as we get older, we start trying to fill that with all of these other things. And all of these other things start to leave us empty. But it's only the word of God, it's only the word, Jesus Christ, that can fill that. It tells us this in 2 Timothy verse three or chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. If this book is the authoritative, inspired, inerrant, Word of God, then every word in there is perfect. There are no errors. There are simply misunderstandings of what's written in there. There are no contradictions. There are no problems. They're simply misinterpretation of what it says. That's how we get to know Jesus Christ, because that's what tells us about him, because it says he is the word. Now, there are some verses in here that we have an extremely easy time remembering. For instance, John 3.16, what's it say? And see, I can tell you're used to it because you're not even really saying it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know it. You've heard it. You can repeat it over and over and over. What about Ephesians 4.13? Anybody? Or excuse me, Philippians 4.13. Anybody know that one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Exactly. You see, some of these words we find useful. And some of these words we memorize. And some of these words we quote. I've even seen people with them tattooed on their bodies. But what about the parts of Scripture that we don't necessarily find so useful? Can anybody in here tell me a verse you've memorized from the book of Leviticus? No. Me neither. 
But you know what? Scripture just told us that every single word in here is useful. Every single word in here is beneficial. And even in the book of Leviticus, if you gain nothing else from reading that book, you understand that God cares about the minute details of your life. In that book, he talks about different laws and, and different regulations and how the people were supposed to prepare themselves for worship and how they were to prepare the altar and the animals and the way they were supposed to dress. It even goes so far as talking about the sanitation and where they're supposed to use the bathroom and, and where people are supposed to go when they're sick. It talks about every single detail of everyday life in the book of Leviticus. How is that useful? God cares about the details of our life. You see, this is the word, and this word right here, this is about Jesus. This is where we find him. This is where we see who he is and what he wants to do in our lives. Jesus is the word, and as we, as we crave Jesus, as we crave that relationship, this is where we find him, is right here. You're craving the word. You're craving this. And this word, because it is Jesus, this word brings growth. When you get into this book, when you start reading this book on a regular basis, you're going to grow. Unless you look at it, turn around, and completely forget everything you've read, you can't help but grow when you read Scripture. Think about it this way. My daughter, Michaela, she's 20 months old, right? 20 months. I, always, I, always, I have a trouble when you're keeping track of it in months. Years, I've got no problem. She's 252 months old. Not. She's 20 months old. When she was a baby, she drank milk. That's what she needed to grow. But you see, as she got older, as she started walking, as she started learning more words, Michaela started craving some other things. Milk was no longer the only thing that she needed. Now, one of the things she craves now is chocolate. Ladies... I used to give Kathleen a hard time about this, and I used to joke about this, but I have come to learn through watching my daughter that craving chocolate is ingrained in your DNA somehow. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I got a bunch of you out there, yeah, I like chocolate. Yeah. Michaela's the same. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Michaela's the same way. Michaela discovered Nutella. You guys like that? Nutella, whatever you call it. Nutella. Nutella, we figured out if we put it on a pretzel and give it to her, she will never take a bite of that pretzel. But there is also not a bit of that chocolate spread left on that pretzel. To the point where she knows where it's kept and she will run into the kitchen when nobody's in there going, chock, chock it, chock it, chock it, trying to get into the cabinet and trying to get that food out of there. You see, Michaela has a craving. As she has gotten older, she has understood that there is more than the milk that she had when she was a baby. And that there is more that she can have that tastes good and that sustains her. And now she craves those things. And right now I think it's grapes that she's craving or M&Ms. What's that? And ham. Oh my goodness. This girl could eat a whole pig if we'd let her. She loves ham so much. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Even as a baby, she has cravings. But you see, there's an issue. If we never gave Michaela anything but milk, right now, 
she wouldn't have what she needed to continue to grow and to continue to become the person that she was intended to be. It's the same thing with us when it comes to our relationship with Christ, when it comes to our Christianity. God actually talks about us being newborn infants when it comes to the Word of God. It says in 1 Peter 2.2, 2, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. When we first come to know God through Jesus Christ, we're spiritual babies. We don't really know anything. But as we get into His Word, as we start reading God's book, and we start seeing some of the truths about Him, we start to grow. And through that growth, we start to understand that these simple truths, these little things that we first learn, we got those down. Okay, God, I need more. I need, I need something else. I need something harder. Give me something to chew on. And we start to learn, just like a baby. But you see, some of us, we don't do that. Because we never get into his word. And we decide that just like a baby, we'll take a bottle of milk and we'll play with it and spill it everywhere. That that's what we do with God's word. We read it, we play with it, but we never really take it in and use it and let it grow us and sustain us. Scripture tells us we do that too in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. As you get into God's word, you can't help but grow. You can't help it. Because you start to understand who he is. You start to understand some of the deeper truths about who he's created you to be. But you see, a lot of us, a lot of us we, we, we take it and we play with it and we say, okay, um, Psalm 144.1 of David, Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hand of war and my fingers for battle. And that was cool. And that's what we do with scripture. Or we do it like this. Take your Bible or your phone or whatever you're using. Hold it up. Now here's what I want you to do. Take that Bible or phone or iPod and press it against your forehead. Press it really hard. Osmosis. Okay, take it down. Now, put it up against your heart and hug it really, really tight. Tight as you can. You got it? All right, now take it down. Now, tell me. What did you learn from your Bible? Nothing. Thank you. I got one who's not trying to crack a joke. Nothing. You know what? That's the approach we take a lot of times, though. We figure, okay, if we're rounded enough, if we sit in church and hear it, or sit in our small group on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and somebody preaches to us from it, then we're taking it in and we'll learn something. And we never actually pick it up and open it for ourselves. And stop playing with the milk and start feeding ourselves something that's a little more solid. You see, we will never grow. 
We will never go deeper with God. We will never have a more meaningful relationship with Him if we don't get into His Word. That's the only way that happens. You know, I've, I've heard people tell me before, you know what, I, I want God to show me something new. I've read these verses. I know this. What are you doing with what He's already taught you? You want God to take you deeper. You want to learn something new. We've got to be responsible with what He's already given us. We've got to take what we've already learned, what we've already read in His Word, and do something with it. We've got to grow. And as we grow, we understand Jesus more. We know Him more intimately than we ever could have without His Word. And as we know Him, and as we grow in that relationship, we understand that this Word has brought growth, and this Word brings life. As you get into God's Word... It will bring you life. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter what you're facing, it will bring it to you. How many of you had dinner before you came here tonight? A couple of you? I did not, so that Chick-fil-A is smelling really good. Okay, you had Chick-fil-A? Good. Now, experience tells us this. Do you think you're going to have to eat again? liar maybe tonight maybe tomorrow will you have to eat again okay that food runs out right it does what about the money say you had money and you spend it are you done or do you decide you need more money what you take it back not if you used whatever you've bought. You see, experience tells us, guys, that when we take things in, when we consume things, it's only for a time. And then we have to do it again. When we get into God's Word, when we read it, we can't do it one time. We've got to do it over and over and over. It's just like when you eat. You can eat and you're satisfied for a while and your body takes it and your body digests it and you've got energy and you can do the things that you need to do. But eventually that wears off and you've got to go through that entire process again. That food helps you grow. God's word does the exact same thing. You take it. You digest what you've read. You think about it. You meditate on it. Maybe you even memorize a little bit of it and you let it be a part of you. But you see, if you just do that one time, you're going to start realizing, okay, God, I need that again. I need it more. I need it to grow. And that's going to look different for every single one of us. My seven-year-old son, Jared, if he and I sit down and both eat a soft taco from Taco Bell, I can do it in about two and a half bites, which is really gross, I know. <laughs> Kathleen's shaking her head. That's nasty. Jared, on the other hand... He's probably going to take 10 or 12. You see, when we, when we sit down and we start to read Scripture, when we start to get into His Word, the way we consume it, the way we take it in, it's going to be different for every single one of us. Some of you, you can read one verse, and that will last you for a long time. Some of you, you've got to read an entire chapter or maybe even an entire book, depending on how long it is. To get your fill of what God's trying to teach you. And for some of you, that reading will last you 
Two days. For some of you, it'll last you till bedtime and then you've got to take it in again. But you see, the whole idea is that we've got to have it to grow. If we're not in God's word, if we're not reading about who Jesus is, if we're not looking through this scripture, that craving is never going to be fulfilled. Now, understand this. You can know who God is. You can know about God even if you never open this. I've read that verse to you guys before. It's in Romans. It says in verse 18 of chapter 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Verse 19, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. That means we can know that there is a God that created this universe, even if we never open his word, just by looking around and looking at his creation. You see the trees, you see the flowers, you see the birds, the animals, the people, the buildings. You see all the different things that God has either made or he's enabled man to make. And we can know that there is a God. But you can't know God without getting into his word. My glasses, you can take these glasses, you can read the model number, you can read the maker, and you can know a few things about the company that made this. But you will never know anything about the person who put their hands on these glasses at the manufacturer without going and meeting that person and spending time with that person. That's the way it is with the Word of God, guys. He's given us this book. He's given us His Word so that we can know Him, so that we can know through Jesus, know who Jesus Christ is. And it tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no another name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This book right here, every word in it is about Jesus Christ. From the Old Testament, the first word of Genesis, to the New Testament, to the last word of the book of the Revelation, everything points to Jesus Christ. This book that was written over a span of over 1,500 years in three different languages by 40 different authors tells one story about a God that loves you more than anything else in creation. A God that wanted a relationship with each one of us so badly that his son died for us. That's what this is about. That is what you're craving. That is what every one of us craves. We may try and fill that craving with all kinds of stuff. We may try and fill it with all kinds of relationships. But this, Jesus Christ... This is the only thing that will ever satisfy that craving that every one of us has. And I'm standing up here tonight and some of you may be thinking, yeah, 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 I've heard that before. It's the whole Jesus thing. I'm telling you right now, try it. Test it out. Take your Bible home tonight or pick it up when you get there and start in the book of John and read John chapter 1 and see who Jesus is. 
Prove me wrong if you think I'm wrong. I would love to see it. This is about Jesus. This is what you're craving. This is what I'm craving. And this is the only thing that's ever going to fulfill that. And if you're here tonight, I want to challenge you. Here's my challenge. You ready? Take your Bible and don't read just John chapter 1 tonight. For the next 21 days, read one chapter in John a day. It's not that much. You probably text or play games on your phone more time in a day than it will take you to read a chapter of John. For the next 21 days, my challenge to you is get into his word and read the Gospel of John, which is directly about Jesus Christ. And see who he is. And see what he did. And see what he taught. And I can promise you, you're going to grow. I can promise you that you will find life in this book. And if you're willing to take that challenge, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. You had those green cards in your chair when you came in tonight. If you've got a prayer request, write your prayer request on that card and drop it in the basket as usual. But if you're willing to take that challenge for the next 21 days, I want you to write your name on the back of that card and write, I'm taking the challenge. Because I want to know how many of you in here do it. I'm going to do it. Will you join me? Will you see what his word says? If you need a pen, they're in the back. You can grab one in just a minute. Let's bow our heads and pray, guys. God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you, that you loved us so much, God, that you, you created us in your image, God. You created us to want to know who you are. And God, I pray right now, God, I pray that we will get into your word. God, that we will know you, that we will fulfill that craving we have inside of us by reading about Jesus. God, I pray that your word will speak, that your word will change our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.